Permaculture, which is the Garden of Eden, or food forests everywhere, edible landscapes in place of ornamental landscapes, is the idea whose time has come. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Excited for our show today. Really excited. But first, I must tell you what I'm most excited about is I'm joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, thank you very much. I know the thing you're second most excited about, and that would be the Picnic Palooza in Missoula. Go ahead and tell folks about this. Absolutely. For those of you who um, remember way back on November 9th, I looked it up. Um, I did a live feed on Facebook where I showed everyone um, through live feed that Glenn Tate had survived COVID and being on a ventilator, which was awesome. And he invited everyone to a party in Montana in the middle of winter at an outdoor event location. With no planning, absolutely no idea whether the uh, the event space, which didn't exist, could even accommodate people. It would, I was on a lot of Saturdays. so <laughs> He was alive, though, and we were very excited about that. So we have um, rebranded that and updated it to be more practical. And you've heard us allude to it a little bit, but we have details for you now. So grab a pen. But if you don't have a pen, we're going to have all of this information on a link in the show notes today. And the show notes are available at prepping2-0.com. When you awesome. click on this episode, there will be a link to all the details. But go ahead and tell folks so the details excited. anyway. July 30th, write that in. July 30th is the last Saturday of July of 2022. This will be an all-day event. It's going to be an all-day picnic. Bring a picnic basket, no booze. We've signed waivers on that. At the Bella Vista Pavilion at the Fort Missoula State Park in Missoula, Montana. Very family-friendly. It's got a park. It's got big green spaces. It's a covered pavilion. Bring the Frisbee. Bring a volleyball. Bring a soccer ball. Um, And we're just there to celebrate. For many of us surviving COVID, there's been a lot of us who have. Also, to remember those that we have lost, we're going to try and see if we can get some special guests there, too. So if you're coming through Montana, which many of you do, to visit Glacier National Park or Yellowstone National Park or um, anything like that, we would really be honored if you included that Saturday as part of your plans. Any thoughts, Glenn? Yeah, the details are available on a Patreon post that's available to the public. You don't need to be a Patreon supporter to click on this link. And you can find it at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash prepping, the number two, the word point, and the numeral zero. Or just Google Patreon Prepping 2.0 and you'll find it. And uh, that has all the, the details and the links to the address and all that. We're also going to hyperlink that in the show notes. Yes, right? exactly. Okay, in the show notes. Awesome. So, yeah. Excited to have so many people have already said they want to come and they're coming from a long distance. I think this is going to be. Got someone coming from Maryland. Yes. So this is the Prepping 2.0 Picnic Palooza in Missoula. Isn't it cool that Palooza and Missoula kind of rhyme? That's kind of nice. There you go. Well, I wanted to describe something that could very likely happen to you if you conceal carry, and that is you're involved in a self-defense situation, and you're justified in what you did. It's pretty obvious to everybody, including you, obviously, that what you did was justified. There's a couple of problems. One is that most police departments treat all deaths as homicides until they can rule it out, and you are going to be treated as, at least briefly, perhaps longer than briefly, as a homicide suspect. What you need is insurance against the legal costs of defending yourself. And there's only one company that does this, does it well, and, and does it to the level that Prepping 2.0 listeners deserve, and that's U.S. Law Shield. Information on that is available at prepping2-0.com on the Friends and Affiliates page. Just click on the U.S. Law Shield logo. If you use the coupon code PREP, you get 14 months for the cost of 12. And you're saying, well, what does this insurance cost? It's about 100 bucks a year. And that's pretty amazing when you consider that you can easily rack up hundreds of thousands of dollars of legal defense costs. And the lawyers they provide for you for free are amazing. This isn't opening up the yellow pages and finding the the wills and estate planning guy to try to do some complicated self-defense thing. So U.S. Law Shield, highly recommended. Glenn and Shelby are members. 
And we even have coverage for our 16-year-old son, because in Montana, 16-year-olds, well, it's against a lot to carry a gun, but, you know, stuff happens. And then I also wanted to mention TAC Niner, T-A-C number nine E-R. They make, among other things, gloves, really nice gloves, and they are available at TAC niner.com of course you can always go to our friends and affiliates page at prepping2-0.com and you can click on the tac niner logo and if you use the coupon code tac niner p20 which is provided for you on the website not like you need to remember that you can get 20 percent off they're really great gloves we have a pair uh shelby and i both have a pair and we like them very much you got to have gloves when you're doing the stuff that you'll be doing in the collapse. And with that, I think it's time to introduce our guest. Jim Gale is from Food Forest Abundance, and he is the permaculture guy. So I wanted to welcome him and then ask him the obvious question, what in the heck is permaculture? Well, thank you, Glenn and Shelby. It's an honor to be on your show and speaking to your guests. And I'm gonna start by framing this conversation with one of my favorite quotes. It's by Victor Hugo. Now, I love the quote, and I didn't care much about the guy, but I thought it would be a good idea to look up who this guy was. The first picture I saw of the guy when I put Victor Hugo in was a picture of his art, and it was a magic mushroom. And at that point, I knew that this guy was aware. (laughs) So the quote is, there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. Now, I'd like to unpack that quote a bit. Right, because all of the armies of the world are controlled by an entity that we call governmente. Gubernair, which is to manage or control, and mente, which is mind, is the problem that is in our world today. The solution, and this is what permaculture is, permaculture is all about the solution, turning the problem by understanding the problem into the solution. You know, Einstein said, if I had an hour to solve any problem, I'd spend the first 55 minutes defining the problem, and then I'd spend the next five minutes solving the problem. Permaculture, which is the Garden of Eden, or food forests everywhere, edible landscapes in place of ornamental landscapes, is the idea whose time has come, right? And the the way that is stated is that the idea already exists. It exists in our subconscious at the deepest level. The idea of this garden, this place of abundance is so logical. And the scam is, in fact, the scam on a physical level are the 40 to 50 million acres of lawn in the United States alone. A lawn that takes more human resources, more poisons than any other crop, and yet does not provide food. And yet we choose through our ignorance to have a lawn instead of food production because we've been programmed to believe that farming this way is hard work or that farming in general is hard work. And yes, farming is hard work the way it's done now. In fact, Bill Mollison, who is the father of permaculture, along with David Holmgren and many other amazing people, said that the agriculture taught in our colleges and universities around the world is the most destructive thing in the history of our society. And I could not agree more. Permaculture is the agricultural design science that mimics nature's systems, sources systems, or God's systems. However you want to look at it, permaculture models after what works in nature. So our job as permaculturalists is to design mimic natural systems that provide the highest yield for people. And guess what? When we do that, it's not only people who benefit, but it's all of the natural systems, the birds and the butterflies and the bees and the animals of all kinds benefit from designing and installing a permaculture landscape. And I'll I'll do one more segment and then let you jump in here. The Amazon rainforest was a designed food forest 5,000 years ago. You can look that up. Wow. Did not know that. 
Yeah, I mean, des- designed by whom? The inhabitants, I'm guessing, of the... Yeah, the Incas, the, the Mayans, the people that lived in the area. We can now look through LIDAR and different technologies and see their roads. We can see their communities and how they're laid out. And you can actually follow the agricultural systems, right? So they, they mimic natural systems, and then they somehow vanished or vibrated out of our awareness. And now what was left over is the most biologically diverse and abundant place on the planet, a place that because of our horrible, unsustainable agricultural systems, we're cutting down by the rate of thousands of acres per day. Yeah, and it seems to me, uh, given that this show is is targeted at, at preppers and homesteaders, there's a short, medium, and long-term solution to growing your own food. The short term yes. would be prepping 1.0, um, the beginning level, and also parts of the prepping 2.0 level, which is the next level. And that is going to a restaurant supply store and buying a bunch of number 10 tins of chili, for example. And which that's, we've done. Which we've done, yeah. In and, spades. And, and that's necessary, um, and especially if you have firefighters to feed. No, I'm just kidding. But um, they love chili and Dalmatians. Um, oh, but uh, you've got the short term, and then you've got the medium term, which would be um, homesteading, um, chickens and and a garden and things like that. And then you've got the long-term food sustainability, which would be permaculture, which are perennials, things like fruit trees and nut trees and a bunch of other things I bet you're going to tell us about. I mean, it's not limited yes. to, to fruit you and nuts. Nailed. Yeah. You nailed it, Glenn. Yeah. So every design that we do nowadays, we advocate for annuals and perennials. Perennials are my favorite because you plant them once and they provide food for generations, sometimes even thousands of years. Annuals give you a quick crop. So what what I a relatively quick crop, you know, sometimes even 35 days, more likely 190 to 120 days. Um, what? Um, yeah. So we design in the annual beds that have the perennials. So for the what I advocate is everybody should have a six month supply of food in your cupboards, in your root cellar, in your closet, somewhere in your house. And then if and when the food supply chain does collapse, then you immediately start taking the seeds that you also have. So you have the food supply and the seeds. Now you start putting those seeds in the ground. Now it's better sooner than later, but at the very minimum, this is what everybody should have is the the short-term food supply and then the seeds and then start building towards the long-term food systems exactly and and your company food forest abundance provides designs for people the blueprints as you describe um as is described on your website tell folks about what your company does so we design and install food forests for people. Our design process is the first piece of the puzzle. We take a look at the number one is the agricultural zone that the customer lives in. And we base everything off of what is growing normally and naturally in that area. That's where we start. Then we ask the customer, what's your goal? Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to have a food forest where you put no time into it? It just provides food with no effort. Or would you like to spend a half an hour every other day in your food forest? And what we found out over time is even people that say, I would rather just grow food, they become lovers of their food forest because when you walk into a food forest, the butterflies and the birds and the the feeling, the sensory experience is absolutely phenomenal and it's healing on every level. There's a vibrational thing that happens in these food forests where you just want to smile. You feel centered and at home. So we start by designing according to the customer's needs and the zone, in which case we get, um, sometimes we do a FaceTime walkthrough, sometimes we do in-person walkthroughs depending on a lot of factors. And then if the customer wants, they can install their own food forest because we create a 45 page document called a food forest landscape blueprint. And that allows them to know all the relevant pieces of the puzzle to DIY it. But most customers, they don't have necessarily the time or maybe they don't have the confidence, even though it's totally doable. So then one of our food forest cooperative partners, and we happen to have 
probably the fastest growing cooperative in history right now. Um, in fact, we launched nine months ago on the high wire with Dale Big Tree, and now we're serving people in 20 countries and almost every U.S. state, helping people be prepared and grow food. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so we can do it basically from soup to nuts, or we can do any piece of the puzzle that the customer wants. We have, we're have we mission-driven. And we also believe in capitalism over communism and socialism, which is capitalism here, here. is the voluntary exchange of value, where socialism and communism are the forced and violent exchange of value. And I know you'll agree with me on this. Socialism and communism the holding of the value is government holding on to food supply and permaculture is a great way to sidestep that food supply control, right? You nailed it. And here's what I, when to understand the problem being governmental, you look back in history and Kissinger who has met with every U S president, he was the head of the council of foreign relations said, if you want to control nations, control oil. If you want to control people, control food. If you want to control the world, control the world's currency. The same families have been in control of all of these things for many years. That strategy that he spoke of has led to basically two corporations controlling over 90% of the world's food supply. So again, that's the problem whereby the solution is what Bill Mollison said. In fact, when I first read this, I was going through a tough time because I was studying the problem for years. Um, I had sold a mortgage company that did about 1.3 billion in volume and I had time. So I took, I took the red pill and I started researching the problem. And then I read Bill Mollison's quote, though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. Hmm. Hmm. So true. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, um, what are some kinds of crops? I will call them crops. What are some types of foods that would typically be in a food forest? And I know it's going to vary by zone, but I want to give folks a flavor of this because if it's only and there's a double meaning to me saying the word flavor, if if the only thing that, that you can grow in a food forest is something like squash, which gives me a gag reflex. Um, I I wouldn't be terribly interested in it, but I have a feeling that it's it's far more than than squash. What are some kinds of foods? Because that's really what people listening are going to zero in on. So this is the magic of the Internet, which can be used for good and bad, right? The people who grow food and who are starting to classify um, all the of the different types of food, it, they used to think there was maybe 10,000 different varieties of food. It 10x to 100,000, and now it is literally infinite because every time you get two, it's like people. Every time you get two things that pollinate and that grow together, you've got something that's a little different than the mother and father plant, right? So for basics, let's just let's take the layers of a food forest. Underground, you've got your roots and tubers, your potatoes and your sweet potatoes and your yuccas and tequisque and taro and gingers and turmerics, which are incredible medicines. In fact, this idea of medicine in the years to come will be kind of a word that people don't use very much because when we grow and eat food without poisons and we eat consciously, then all food becomes healing. We don't need medicine when we eat consciously and food growing without poisons. So you've got the under, you've got the roots and tuber layer, then you've got the herbaceous layer and the mushrooms, the mycelial network, which is the stuff that we're finding out about how plants, especially mushrooms, communicate. It's mind blowing. Right? Mm. They're, they're, the mushrooms and plants can communicate hundreds of miles away from each other where a, a certain animal might be eating a plant in one side or the forest can detect like a herd of a certain herbivore coming in and they will start producing tannins and acidity and different things that when the animals start eating the plant at one edge of the forest, by the time they get to the other edge of the forest, the plants are unedible because the plants have communicated. They now are studying trees where if a tree is dying, it'll release its nutrients to its offspring, even though there's the same type of tree closer to that tree. <laughs> so wow. it's crazy. It's, it's crazy amazing what's going on. And the death, if you look at where we are in a society, 
we we have to see past the illusion and let go of the confusion and we have to realize that this is by design Gierta said, none are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. And my friends, that's what's been happening is we should live in paradise. We should live in the Garden of Eden type of scenario. And by the way, I'm not talking about a religious type of scenario where fear is the is the control mechanism of that form of governmenting. I'm talking about a place of pure abundance. That is how it should be once we decide and choose to live without the poisons, to simply use our energy and our resources wisely, then this is the reality that is on its way. So what are some uh, specific kinds of foods that would be in this uh, herbaceous, I believe it is what the term you used, um, layer? So all the layers have infinite, but I love the um, a lot of the, the ground covers the perennial spinaches, in most places you can have perennial spinaches and they're fantastic. Like here we have longevity spinach, Okinawa spinach, and uh, different types of Florida edible spinaches. You've got a lot of medicinal plants as well. Um, things like um, that, with all the spikes on it. Um, there's a, anyway, there's, there's millions of them. And this these plants are some of the best medicines known to man that are painkillers and so on then you go up to the the berry bushes you've got the shorter bushes and the taller bushes and then you've got the shrubs and all of these things have many different edibles within their their niches then you've got the shorter fruit trees and then you've got the overstory fruit trees and the nut trees and um, a lot of trees like moringa where you can eat every part of the tree and the leaves have more vitamin C than oranges, more potassium than uh, bananas, more calcium than milk, more protein than than spinach. It's incredible what nature has out there for us that we simply have been, well, this knowledge has been programmed out of our society, but now it's time to bring it back. And I wanted to thank our sponsors before we go into segment two. We'll be coming back on the other side of the break with more from Jim. And this is fascinating. And Jim, just to give you a, uh, a heads up, we're going to ask you sight unseen to give us um, some ideas about a Western Montana property that we have because <laughs> uh, we we're might, very interested. We in this. Very interested in such things. Yes. yes. Go ahead, um, Glenn. So thankful for our sponsors. I wanted to thank Numana Long Term Food Supply Kits. Empty shelves at the grocery store are not your problem. Katie Armor, which stands for come and take it, in case the stuff on TV comes to your neighborhood. EMP Shield is a giant surge protector for your sensitive electronics, just in case Kim Jong-un gets spunky. Minutemen Coffee, who studied with the best master roaster in America, brings the Constitution back to the coffee table. Literally, you get a copy of the Constitution in every order. Realtor Lizzie McDaniel is in the great state of Tennessee. She helps folks relocate. My Kind CBD, it's legal, non-psychoactive -psych hemp that truly works to soothe chronic pain. Backwoods Home Magazine, because knowledge is power. Subscribe and you'll refer back a lot. U.S. Law Shield, which we mentioned. Realtor Jared Savick. Savick. Savick, sorry. Jared, we'll get it one of these days. That's right. Who's a Kalispell uh, realtor, helps folks relocate to Montana. So thank you very much to our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to hear more from Jim and the amazing aspects of permaculture. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO, 
Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. (laughs) Coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Old, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. You are only as safe as your gear. Rely on TAC Niner, premium tactical survival gear. TAC Niner, spelled T-A-C, the digit 9-E-R.com. Tactical gloves, lights, poles, trenching, and more. See the full line at TACNiner.com. Gear up and save money when you mention Glenn and Shelby. Use the code TACNiner-P20 at checkout and save 20% on tactical gloves. TACNiner, premium, high-performance survival gear that is built to last. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. I am just sitting here taking notes. Um, Jim is sharing with us some great um, just ideas and um, how abundant our own pieces of property can be to bring us food. And I'm sitting here taking massive notes. So one of the things I wanted to ask Jim and, um, and put him on the spot a little bit is as we talk, this isn't just permaculture is not just for people who have, you know, two acres and they don't know what to do with it or have, you know, a huge, a big, huge garden and tons and tons of, you know, this is for people also who live in urban environments. This is for people who live in small spaces. This is not just for people who live out in the country. So, Jim, yeah, tell us your thoughts on that. Oh, absolutely. In fact, our target market is very strategically the suburban backyard. When I first started this process, I reached out to the local network and I found Dr. Ian Scott. And I went to Dr. Ian Scott's house. He's got a tenth of an acre in his backyard. And on his tenth of an acre, he's got over a hundred different perennial fruit trees and berry bushes and plants growing and over 70 different variety of plants. On a tenth of an acre, he can produce thousands of healthy snacks and fruit and meals per year. Isn't that amazing? That is. He's yeah. Got, yeah, he's got three kids and it's just it's it's the what we call in permaculture zone one as far as our global society, because it's right out the back door. So 
any size. In fact, we we just did one lately. Uh, we put one guild in on 180 square feet. Wow. So a guild is basically a community of plants that love each other, that support each other, that help each other. Right. And that that would include your nitrogen fixers and your beneficial insect attractors and then your primary overstory fruit tree. And then all the other different mushrooms and berry bushes and different things that go in that guild. So I'll give you a kind of an ROI scenario a lot of people say you know what's the return why would i do this well one thing is you're going to be growing food instead of lawns in a way that's actually less maintenance than a lawn so right there it's a pretty good idea let's take one one apple tree for example apples grow well in montana so you've got one apple tree and instead of just having the one apple tree now you've got a dozen other um, edibles and food producing trees in the same space where the apple tree provides shade at certain times of year and as the sun rotates you've got different plants that some like more sun and some like less sun so those understories are in the area that gets less sun so now in the space of one apple tree that costs you a total of let's say with all the plants it costs you three or four hundred dollars to put that in the ground right even five hundred dollars within the first three years you're going to get a hundred percent return on your investment in cash alone and then every year after that you could get well over a hundred percent roi in cash alone so that's just phenomenal. And now we look at the health benefits of going and engaging with that system, you know, every other day for a half an hour, maybe bring a chair out. And and Shelby, you're just saying how much you love your greenhouse in the spring, right? Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. salvation. It's such a beautiful feeling just to sit there and observe and allow our minds to relax. And, and I, I do want to share this too, because I, I actually had this mortgage company did a billion three in volume and I, I had made a lot of money starting when I was about 35 years old. And I, when I found out what was going on in the world, I had my first two daughters at the same time as I learned what was going on in the world with the deep state and I learned permaculture. So I went through this rabbit hole of cognitive dissonance and what's really one of my biggest kind of salvations was actually just starting to grow food because then I could start feeling and seeing and sensing the solution with my own experience. And from there, it's just been pure magic what has happened, especially over the last year. But meditation and relaxing with the food, with the growth, with nature or source, that has been the most important thing of my life. Amazing. Well, and and I would add for, for preppers and listeners of this show, they know that we have talked about food preps. We had a, two episodes called Food Preps 2.0 recently, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the points we made was uh, preserving food. We're big fans of freeze drying, by the way, is yes. when you have an abundance of food. And I think permaculture fits in perfectly with preservation methods because permaculture gives you the abundance of food and a, and a wide variety of foods with all kinds of you know vitamins and minerals and all kinds of enzymes and all that sort of stuff that's good for you. And then if you have a way of preserving it, you're, you're really doing well because you're building up your food stocks with healthy, good food. And, yep. and so I just wanted to put a placeholder in that preservation methods are part of, in my mind, maybe not a permaculture system, but in a, in a prepping system, um, preserving the, the foods you grow in, in permaculture is, is really the way to go. Because you mentioned the apple tree example, if 90% of the apples hit the ground and that's good, and they're going to nutrify the soil and all of that, but it'd be better to harvest close to 100% of those apples and uh, maybe freeze dry them and have, you know, apple chips that are fantastic and they're good in the winter too. Absolutely. Freeze drying and dehydrating. Mm -hmm. So there are these things um, that you can basically create a dehydrator. My dad did so. I I shared a a little scheme with him and for 20 bucks, he created a dehydrator using a, a box that he painted black and a piece of plexiglass and then the air that was heated up by the sun inside that box went up 
and it, it with a little thing with some shelves on it where he put his whatever fruit that he wanted dehydrated. And within a, a five, six, seven, eight hour period, that fruit was dehydrated in such a way that you could store it for years. And if you vacuum seal it, then you can store it for a long, long time. And that takes no mechanical parts. That's my, my favorite way to preserve, especially fruits and vegetables, is dehydration. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, walk us through how you would address a Western Montana five-acre parcel that you've never seen before. So putting you on the spot, <laughs> these would be very yeah, general ideas. Yes. And uh, so, it, has, it has a creek running through it, um, <laughs> which is kind of important. And it has some very light forestation, um, lots of space in between trees. Uh, it's not overgrown by any means. In fact, it's got some some prairie grasses growing that would be great for um, cattle to graze on, just to give you an idea about it. So walk us through the process of what Food Forest Abundance would do and how it might apply. Uh, and you can figure out which zone we're in because I'm sure you have the, the zone map, you know, Memorized. planted in your mind, yes. right? No, planted. Yes, no, yes. no pun intended. <laughs> I love it. I love the puns. The first thing that we would do is find out what your goals are. So we just uh, connected with Joel Salatin, and he has a, a method of farming for meats and herbivores, and chickens, pigs, and cattle that is absolutely phenomenal. It's regenerative to the soil. So over time, while all of these other cattle farmers and chickens and stuff are depleting their resources. His method actually builds soil and resources over time, and he gets way more money per acre of his um, of his product. So we, we find out what your goals are. Do you want chickens? Do you want cattle? Do you want pigs? Do you want these other elements? And then we would put those elements into the system. Having the water there is awesome. Um, one of the first things in, in permaculture is catch and store water. So we would design it where we would figure out where the water runoff is and we would create swales and the higher up on the property, the better. And then maybe even we'd create ponds that have water catchment up in the highest place we can store water on the property. And then we would use that water in drier times of year to fertigate. Now, fertigate means to fertilize and irrigate at the same time. How do you do that? By adding fish or crayfish or some type of nutrient creator to the pond. And if you have a system done right, then the pond does not need any inputs. Nature becomes its input. So you can have different plants that the fish eat or that attract the bugs that the fish eat, right? So now you let the water out of the pond and you fertilize and irrigate your gardens all at the same time. So those are just some little techniques. Now we do have uh, one of our cooperative partners, his name is Michael Hoffman. He lives in Western Montana, completely off the grid. And he has a preparedness show as well that we helped kind of instigate or, or, or bring to market. He was, in fact, he was just on the Corbett Report with James Corbett. So if anybody there is interested or really anybody around the world in preparedness, we've got that piece um, as well with permaculture in mind. Where could, fact, people find that? Where could people find that? Where could people find that that episode that he did? Yeah, um, by going if you go to foodforestabundance.com and send us an email, we can send you that direct. Or you could go to the Corbett Report Solutions Watch and look up Michael Hoffman. Okay. Wonderful. And what, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're you're on. Go yeah. For it. Yeah. There's one thing that I want to share. He actually teaches us how to eat pine trees. Yes. Which I never knew was possible. It's phenomenal. He talks about the different aspects of pine trees and how you can use them for many different things, including you can eat them. Yep. Wow. I remember when I was a kid, the Guinness Book of World Records, there was always the guy in France who ate a bicycle, right? He would like uh, cut it up into little <laughs> teeny parts oh, stop. and eat Just it. Stop. And, and it'd take him like a month to eat a bicycle. And I and I, it helped form my opinion about people from France. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You... You are just cruel to Europeans. I know. Yes, you are. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to change the subject. Does it need to be changed? Um, one question I want to ask you, and it goes with the um, kind of the Western Montana. For th for those people out there who might have the objection, but I live 
I live in southern Canada. I live where there's just a harsh winter that's nine months long. I can't do this. It's too difficult. What What's your answer to them? My buddy, Chad Johnson, has a permaculture farm in uh, northern Minnesota on the tip of Lake Superior, where it gets really cold. He started about five years ago, and he planted about 300 different species of edible and medicinal plants on several acres. It is so abundant now. And this this part is pure magic. Like this is this speaks to the to what's happening mm-hmm. around the world, thanks to these permaculture um, food forests all over the world. He has estimated that um, after his third and fourth year, that over 10,000 different edible and medicinal plants were planted around his food forest, in the forest around, by the wind and the water and the animals and the birds that would come in and eat some of the plants and then bring them out into the surrounding area. He said the next year, over 100,000 plants have been planted. So what am I saying? I'm saying that these systems are so expansive and regenerative that once we pull out the poisons, this can be done anywhere in a way that blows people's minds and it will just continue to expand. Again, we just have to recognize what the real problem is and that's the current agriculture and the use of poisons mm-hmm. and, and deforestation. Wow, so, uh, so one of the things that caught my eye when I saw your the name of your company, Food Forest Abundance, is, and I think I told you before, and everyone knows this, I used to live in Portland, Oregon, where it's a very political and very one-sided political. And I remember um, several years ago hearing on the news, whatever, that, that Portland is a food desert as opposed to a food forest, a food desert, because there's all these pockets uh, where people don't have access to food. And I'm thinking to myself, there's eight grocery stores within an eight block radius. What are you talking about? Um, so tell us, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I just feel like our government yes. right now is feeding us a lie when they say that there's, you know, food deserts. I don't think there is. I think there's opportunities to create food forests, such as you speak of. But we're also being programmed, like you say, um, to be dependent on government for food. So I'm sure you have some thoughts on that. Well, you use the word opportunity. We are in the, this is the most incredible opportunity in the history of humanity. And that is the opportunity to transition from a world that's dying and based on scarcity and fear and lack to a world that's radically abundant based on faith and courage and love and joy. And that's the way it's going. Thank God for the apocalypse, which means lifting the veil, the great unmasking, right? The apocalypse is now is an awareness that's happening. And when people say, wait a minute, that don't make sense. I'm going to do something different. I'm no longer listening to you, government. I'm going to do my own thing. So that's what happening and the opportunity to be part of this transition to actually become producers as well as consumers because it's good for us on every single level i would say that portland and everywhere else this is the job to be in be in the business of helping people grow food which solves and it solves all of it Mm -hmm. what i'm suggesting And what is happening will reverse mass extinction and reverse deforestation and cancer and diabetes and heart disease trends and all of the forms of tyranny. This will solve world hunger. Wow. And on the other side of the coin is the badness that government does. And I'm a uh, Soviet uh, or Russian and East European regional studies major in college. And I'm up on the history of uh, Soviet Union. And I know for a fact that the Soviets and many other dictators throughout the world have used very deliberately used food as a weapon. There was, of course, the forced collectivization in Ukraine in the 1930s, which killed millions of people. And we've seen and okay, it is not as bad, but we've seen in our own country the Biden administration very willingly picking and choosing which states get um, coronavirus uh, therapeutics, um, monochromal 
monochromal monoclonal antibodies monoclonal antibodies antibodies enough (laughs) um we've seen the picking and choosing of which states get the the therapeutics based on of course politics the red states didn't get nearly as much and got theirs cut off uh, in some cases and so my point is is that it's not an outrageous thing to say that especially if there were some sort of crisis and and the government wanted to grab even more power, that the federal government in the United States would not use food distribution as a weapon. The blue states and the blue cities would be a higher priority for getting food because those are the loyal supporters of the current regime. And the red states and the red areas of blue states would correspondingly get less or maybe even be cut off. And so I want to just let people know that there is a historic um, precedent. There's actually dozens of them for governments cutting off food supplies and and permaculture seems to be a great solution to that, because if you are almost effortlessly growing all kinds of food and medicine, let's not leave medicinal out of this then you're going to be much better off if I-90 is closed down in uh, in Western Montana and you've got plenty of, of food from a permaculture situation, you're going to do much better. So I just wanted to give everyone a quick history lesson on the evilness of government and uh, using food as a weapon. Absolutely. And, and then to the solution. So when Russia pulled out of Cuba back in 1989, the Cubans were starving. And 10 years later, they were one of the leading producers per capita of food. They each got little plots to grow food to live. So the problem becomes the solution based on pure necessity. And that's what the world is experiencing. And it's the tip of the iceberg. Based on some studies, thanks to Ice Age Farmer and many other things that I'm in this business, it seems like, well, for certain, the long-term food supply is completely shot. It's done. It's gone. The short-term food supply is what we're more thoughtful of and mindful of at the moment because that seems to be in big trouble as well. Mm-hmm. And by the way, on the on the concept of um, traditional agriculture being in short supply, especially in the coming months, we're going to have uh, Dan, the food industry guy, who's a big a big favorite um, of our listeners. He's going to be coming back on the show. We're going to record it February 11th, and it will probably be airing about February 17th. He is a food industry CEO who has incredible insight on things, and we have to protect his identity. Um, but anyway, so folks are going to be familiar with that. So and I'm going to jump in on that very note. When we hear Dan never has good news, but no. he, but he always gives us preemptive news so that we can plan ahead. Much Uncanny more. predictions. It's amazing. He and when he was on this last fall, um, talking the supply chain issue, it's going to get worse and worse, and we are only beginning to feel the hurt. So what resonated with me, and I'd love to for Jim to expand on it. Let's just say I take a hundred dollars this summer. And I plant seeds and I get uh, an annual crop and maybe some of that will be perennial crops or I'll get a crop next year. Take that $100 and now I can eat a really good meaty salad. I can get really good nutrients. I can freeze dry extra. I can I can feed myself in the short term and the long term. You can share term. with neighbors. I can share with neighbors. Um, I'm also, and I don't know if you want to speak to this too, we only have about five minutes here including my chickens in this as a fertilizing, um, eating the leftovers, eating those things that are not fit, stocks and things. stocks and, and waste, right? Plants that are past their prime. Um, when I can create that system and make that hundred dollars, create that system that feeds me instead of going to here's and here's the example i go to the grocery store the other day and i spent 122 dollars on food items that two three years ago would have been 60. it's a it's you look at how to spend your hundred dollars better so like can you kind of flesh out that math i know that you've done this jim Yes. Yes. We talk a lot about turning fiat into food. Oh, wow. As an investment, turning that fiat dollar currency, which is going bye bye by design into something that is a good investment, which is seeds and food and crops. Right. And then 
that's just one layer of investment that helps with ROI and cash and food security, which, and you kind of laid that out earlier, but then when you add on the health benefits and all of the other reasons to do it, buying seeds right now and getting starting food in the ground right now is the best investment I can imagine based on all of the factors that we've talked about. So yes, go get some seeds. And, and uh, by the way, I want to share this with you too. If somebody doesn't have a big budget and they have 20 or $30 and you normally go to the store and you get certain types of fruits and vegetables, find out, go on YouTube and say, well, which fruits do I like and which ones can I propagate at home simply by buying them at the store. So now you're not actually spending any extra money. You're spending the same amount of money and you're buying what you like, and then you're taking the seeds out of that as long as it's non-GMO and as long as it has seeds because some plants, they've bred the seeds out of them. So make sure that it does have seeds. Right. And then you can start growing your own food with no extra money out of pocket. We only have about two or three minutes before the end of the regular show. And, of course, we'll be continuing this conversation, this fabulous conversation with Jim in the after show, which is available for Patreon supporters. Find out more at prepping2-0.com about how to be a Patreon supporter for as little as $2 a month. But I wanted to ask the question, how long does it take for permaculture to take off on your land? I know that we um, bought some fruit trees at our old place. And uh, it would be a number of years before they yielded anything more than a handful. And I know that this answer is going to vary based on what you plant. But give folks an idea about a time frame for getting some results. So when we mix annuals and perennials in the same system, then you're going to have a crop year one. The perennials will start producing around year three, and then they'll be in full production around year five or six or seven, depending on what they are. So it is a long-term thinking um, that goes into the, the foundation of it. Um, some plants are a lot faster. If you live in a, in a warmer zone, you've got your bananas and papayas and yuccas and many different things that within the first 15 to 18 months, you can be getting large crops. Wow. That's encouraging. Well, and it sounds like layering, um, the diff the, the annuals, um, coming up annually, of course, hence the name. We're big fans of layering in, and I mentioned earlier the prepping, or pardon me, the food preps 2.0 shows that we've done where we talk about layering with different kinds of foods that um, have different convenience factors and different storage uh, uh capabilities and all kinds of stuff and not putting all your eggs in one basket, not just getting a bunch of freeze-dried food, but having all kinds of different stuff because different foods have different qualities and characteristics and you're going to want a little bit of each one of them. And so it sounds like that's pretty similar with annuals and perennials. You're not expecting to flip a switch and have, you know, walnut trees producing, you know, all the walnuts you could possibly ever need. But I believe we are at the end of the regular show. It oh, flies it by so, so quickly. I would like Shelby to take us out with her famous quote that she always gives. And folks, we're going to carry this over into the Patreon show. We have so much more to ask Jim. But don't forget from Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.